The Dallas Cowboys have released their first depth chart of the season. What's our biggest takeaway? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, you know, first pod back in uh, Studio Day McCool, as uh, as they would say. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be home, but I'm, I'm certainly there's tons still going on. And, and now I'm just part of the masses, right, uh, uh, hopping on Twitter and consuming my uh, Cowboys training camp. Yes. Notes, so uh, you're, you're it's, it's like the rest of us. But that's, that's right. Fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. We got some Twitter questions to go through today. Uh, Cowboys also have a practice, I believe, today that we're going to uh, catch up on later. But uh, before we do that, the Dallas Cowboys have released their uh, initial depth chart uh, yeah. going into the first preseason game. Um, Landon, I, I really, really try not to uh, to overreact here. But what are your thoughts to this step chart? I mean, without a doubt, the first thing I thought was they are listing three safeties as kind of a base defensive package. Yeah, and it, um, if you're if you're not with us on YouTube and you're listening to the audio version only, the Cowboys do have J. Ron Kirst, Donovan Wilson, and Malik Hooker all as starters. Yeah, and I, I and, and only two linebackers listed as the uh, two linebacker positions listed as starters, uh, with Let Layton and Micah starting as those spots. Um, I, you know, I think it's pretty chalk, honestly. It, this is exactly who. Not only, I mean, I, I think the surprising thing to me is that they listed three safeties as the base package. Yeah. Not that not that it is the base package because I think that's that's the best package. This collection of players is the best collection of defensive players that they can put on the field at once. I think. Um, and, and I, I, so I think, you know, the names that are associated with the starting group on defense, at least, uh, is not shocking so much. No, uh, it's more just that they've listed that as the base defense o- on the offensive side of the things, you know, I, I think I'm not shocked. They list Connor McGovern as the, as the left guard starter. I mean, this, that to me is the real thing that everyone needs to not overreact yeah because i think they did this last year with michael parsons i think they listed jalen smith and leighton van Esch and keanu neal as the starters and parsons was like second string will linebacker yeah i mean we have to remember that again technically they are still in the install phase right like they're still dealing with uh uh getting things installed and so i don't know that you know, competition for the spots has actually officially begun, even though it, it certainly has on some level. Yeah, the, the only other big takeaway for me is that Tristan Hill is yeah. Well, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. So they've got basically yeah, two defensive tackle spots, and it's Neville Gallimer, Gore Osa Odigizua, Quinton Bahana, Carlos Watkins, and then Tristan Hill as kind of the fifth defensive tackle. It's a little surprising to me, Lanham. Well, especially since what we've seen at camp is, you know, him working with the first group whenever they do drills. You know, it's not like it's not like we've seen Tristan Hill running with the threes a lot. I I mean, I've seen him running with the ones a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think, again, 
the arrangement of the names, uh, the depth chart aspect of this is still very fluid. I can't, I mean, honestly, I can't imagine a situation where Quentin Bohana is ahead of John Ridgway uh, based on what I've seen in camp. Yeah, you know, that's so. And I think all the rookies are a little bit further down on the depth chart than what they will be, except for Jalen Tolbert, who the Cowboys list as a starter because they don't have another option, really, right? Yeah, I mean, they've got all these guys in uh, brackets indicating that uh, they're that, hurt or that's where hurt. they would be. Yep. Yeah. I mean, to me, the third wide receiver spot, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Noah Brown would actually be Michael Gallup's ex backup or probably Hoku could probably do X. So it's like, probably. Yeah. It, again, I think it's it's hard to, to put a lot of, of, of stock into the, the way that the names are arranged right now. The, the only thing that is interesting to me is the veterans, right? Like that's the only thing you can kind of take have a takeaway here because the rookies are all going to play a lot. But like, for example, Sean McEwen ahead of Jeremy Sprinkle. That actually caught my eye. And it's not just because I love Sean McEwen. I but was like, going to say. Is there a chance that Peyton Hendershot, who is a rookie, could he potentially beat out Jeremy Sprinkle? We've got Jake Ferguson, who is a fourth-round pick at tight end, ahead of both of those guys. It seems that that's the only one to me that's a little surprising. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like overall, it, it doesn't. There's no cohesiveness to like the 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 way this was arranged, right? Like, that's, yeah. Ferguson so seems to be listed. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Take anything right? away from it. Basically, my guess, honestly, is they have an intern that just said, "Hey, we, we have to, by NFL rules, release a depth chart. Can you make one up real quick, just based on what you've seen at practice?" I'm pretty sure that it's it's someone in the PR department that does it. So you know, that, just take that with the amount of grain of salt that's appropriate. So, yeah, I mean, th- this is going to change so significantly before Week One. That it's almost not worth talking about anymore. So we're not. We're gonna we're gonna move on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna move on and get to your Twitter questions because that's what you guys are really here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. They've got an absolutely fantastic new product out there, cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus. It's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Got a little pro tip here for you. Stick them in your fridge. Let them get cooled down a little bit. They are absolutely fantastic that way. Uh, Again, covered in 100% real chocolate, real cookie dough chunks inside of them. Uh, You're going to love it. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15. And I believe if you buy two boxes, you can earn some rewards and you get an additional $5 back. That's what I did yesterday when I went and bought some. So uh, make sure you check out the website, built.com. All right, let's get to some questions. A lot of people are wondering about Terrence Steele because they're seeing clips of him being beaten in practice by Michael Parsons, DeMarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams. Are you concerned at all about Terrence Steele? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think I, I think there's some concern just because it's it's a, you know first year to try to be a starter full time and and um, you know I think that there's there's a transition there and and uh, you know I don't think I'm nervous about him uh, long term for the regular season because of these clips I've seen necessarily. I mean, I think first of all, one on one situations 
uh, always kind of benefit the defense uh, defensive line in those situations, always. right? Because offensive line, it's it's just like the inverse of what happens with the defensive backs on the one, wide receiver one on ones. Defensive backs are used to having help; they work in tandem to defeat passing schemes. Offensive uh, offensive line does the same thing with pass protections; they work as a group to defeat uh, attempts to try to uh, on come onto the quarterback. So, um, I, I think that you know the the, the thing to kind of take there is to see how he's moving to see how he's reacting um and 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 i've seen clips where he's handled those guys too you know so it's not like you know we we tend to overreact to the bad beats uh yeah but we don't you know it's not as flashy when terrence Steele gets in front of demarcus lawrence and slows him down like that's not necessarily as much of a clip that's worth uh tweeting out so uh, I, I think you've seen, you've certainly seen Steele getting beat, but I also think that Terrence Steele be, is being beat by some guys that we're hoping to get <laughs> ten plus sacks these, this season, and, and in a situation that's uh, difficult to defend. So uh, I, I think that with Steele, you know, we'll, we'll know more uh, when we get to the regular season. I, you know, he hasn't regressed. I, I know where he was. I, I mean, I, I know where he was at this point last year, um, and you know, was uh, was it always perfect? Absolutely not. Um, but I think it, it's going to be where it needs to be come start week one, and I, I think he's going to have a good season. And I'm I'm not concerned about the position long, the right tackle position. Now we can talk about swing tackle and all that stuff yeah. if you want, but yeah. I'm not concerned about it long term. I'm not, I'm not concerned because listen, there's no game planning in these practices, right? No. You're you're not game planning for Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, um, the quarterbacks not game planning. I think Dak knows that this is a game. He can't hold the ball as long as he has in these practices, right? He gets rid of it as quick as possible. And then on top of that, you mentioned the one-on-one stuff. Like if a pass rusher doesn't win a one-on-one, that's more concerning than a offensive tackle being beaten, right? Th- those drills just so heavily favor the defense that I don't think we can take too many takeaways away from it. It's just, it, I'm not concerned yet at all. Yeah, absolutely. And And like, look, I mean, I don't know that there's going to be a world in which Terrence Steele is going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be doing five man protection situations where Terrence Steele is going to be going one on one against the defensive end every single snap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, that's just not how uh, pass protection works. Sure. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think you, you take it, you view it, but again, I, I think it's it goes back to that idea of what we talked about where you, you kind of have to consume this stuff correctly, right? You you, you don't take it as the 10,000 foot view on the player you look at the individual techniques he's using and how is he looking how is he moving how are his mm-hmm. feet how are his hands uh did did demarcus lawrence just get him because he's really good and exactly. you know like so i think those are all things that you need to like kind of factor in when you're looking at this stuff all right really good question here from goran he wants to know when it comes to evaluating a player in the preseason which do you put more emphasis on a good week of practice or a good performance during the game itself it's they're different things you know i think uh it's part of the evaluation i don't know that it's a one-for-one comparison but i think you watch them during the week to to confirm that they can consistently do it right like i I, and to me um doing it in the preseason is kind of the equivalent of okay we've seen that you can do it now can you take it to the game so Mm -hmm. um it's got to. It has to be both. Is especially for a it young has to player. be both. It, yeah. it can't be one or the other. Like let's do examples yeah. of both, right? This, this guy's getting way too much pub with the podcast. But John Vea Johnson dominated <laughs> training camp, 
for like two weeks, right? Yeah. And he got to the game, and it was just too big for him, right? Like he had drops, he was making mental mistakes, he had a fumble on, on a punt return. You could tell like it was just too fast for him. Yeah. And then there's other guys like Ben Bass. This is from a while ago, or Kev wow. Bishop, where these guys yeah. are flashing in the the preseason, but there's just no consistency all, at all in, in in training camp, and that gives you no confidence that they can repeat what they did on a random Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you're trying to triangulate this information. You're not you're not trying to just see it once necessarily. I mean, there's I, I think people get messed up by that whole idea of the scouting term of if you see it once, then you you know you know you can do it. I think that that's a, a solid sound idea, but that's not how you determine if a guy is going to have long term consistent success. I think that determines if the guy has the ability to play in this league. And I think what we're seeing with situations like this is that you know there are circumstances that happen in games, like you know Ken Bishop. Uh, uh, gets in the into the field against the the fours, and mm-hmm. he works really well, and and you know flashes, but you know there's a lack of context when we just see can you know player X shining in a preseason game, and they haven't played well against their equivalents during training camp all all week. So you need both. You need to do one and then the other. If you do one or the other without the you know without the other. Um, it's still pretty suspect, right? Like if you, yes. if you if you show up in the games, it's, then it can it, it can be a situation: is he a gamer, or is it a guy that just flashes and, and isn't you know consistent? That guy's not necessarily going to be someone that you uh, want to carry on the team. And uh, so, I, I think you want to see you want to see both, and, and it's not necessarily about weighing one over the other. It's about seeing them do one and then do the other. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. It's it's got to be. For me, you need to put together like three good weeks of training camp, right? To really start getting excited about some of these guys. We're in week what two right now. I think by next week we'll have a pretty good feel. Like who's for real? Who is maybe just a camp star? Who had a nice week of practice? We'll see. Uh, all right, next one from Mark. How is Leighton Van Der Esch looking? It sounds like he's having quietly a a nice camp. He is. Uh, he's he's had a really nice camp so far. He, he looks uh, spry and, and moving around really well. Um, you know, he's gotten his hands on footballs. Like, you know, obviously the tip pass, it was a pick six for Jerron Curse in 11s the other day. I think mm-hmm. mojo moment, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and just in general, he's, you know, I noticed him getting to his spot quick, causing TFLs. Um, you know, he's always been assignment sound. Um, I think that's never been an issue. It's, it's, there's been health issues at times. I think there's also been issues at times when he doesn't get uh, help up front and he doesn't get, you know, uh, uh, defensive offensive lineman being occupied by his defensive lineman. And I think he's not really a guy that takes on and sheds blocks particularly for, for a guy his size. You yeah, know, for a guy his, his big, th- that's not necessarily his game. And we talked about it when he came out. You know, he didn't necessarily get taught to stack and shed. He he got taught to, uh, you know, run through basically run around blocks to, to get where he needs to go. He's a guy that arrives where the ball carrier is supposed to be, and he uses his long, big arms and broad shoulders to wrap up ball carriers mm-hmm. so they can't escape. That's that's kind of his game. So um, I, I think we've seen a lot of good stuff there. We've seen a lot of good stuff in coverage with him, with his drops, and and, and you know maybe not necessarily one-on-ones, though he hasn't been terrible there either. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, I look, I, I think he's had a good camp. I'm excited to see what we get out of him. The more I see of him, the more it feels like if we're tr- putting, you know, his rookie season on the far end of the good and then his 
second season on the far end of the bad, I would say he's very, very much closer to the rookie yep. season than he is to the bad season right now. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see another all-pro type of season from him. But could we Maybe. have another year, like the second half of the season? Can that kind of be what we see all year long uh, in 2022? I think it's possible. It seems like, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be the, body doctor or anything here but he doesn't seems like he's in better shape than he was at this time last year i think he's been able to to work out a little bit more and i think he's in for for a nice season uh all right another question here from mike what position of x or what what excess do we have at a certain position that might be intriguing to other teams um corner i mean you know like I thought about corner. Here's the problem with corner. You're right. That's the position to highlight. I'm not so sure that the guys that they could trade have a lot of. Uh, yeah, you're not. Knowledge. You're not getting. You're not getting. Like that's the thing is that I don't know that there's a position where, anywhere, where you're so deep at at like starter level quality that you have like an extra player that you you would rather well, have an asset for right well, like I, I think i think corner is one of those the problem is is the two guys that you could theoretically trade i don't know if the nfl wants right like kelvin joseph mm-hmm. kelvin joseph had a lot of issues kind of coming into the league with you know he kind of got sure. kicked off two different teams and then he's had this legal thing you're not going to get the value back for him that no, you would you would need for. right no um Nation Wright, another guy who most teams had, had as, as a, like a late day three grade on, he only fits a couple schemes in the entire NFL. So while those guys are depth, really good depth pieces for you, I'm just not sure if they make sense for most of the other teams in the league. That might have a need. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a case where they're probably more valuable to you than they are to yeah. uh, to trade. You know, like you're not going to get the quality of value that you want out of the trade, it, and, it, and it certainly won't be worth having the depth, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's probably more valuable in that case. And outside of uh, defensive back, I mean, maybe defensive tackle. Like I, I I don't know if there's a market for like a Quentin Bohana, right? Cause that's a six round nose tackle that you draft. We got a lot of kickers, you know? So (laughs) I mean, none of them are good, but we do have a lot. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, like, wide receiver could be a position where you could trade a body, you know, for like a late round pick if, if everyone just continues to shine, but probably not. I mean, like that's, those are the the kind of positions that have like numbers, right. Of quality players. Um, They, they don't necessarily have like, uh, I think cornerbacks, the closest thing you have to depth, but also depth at the top, you know, where like you could trade away a starter starter type player the the, uh, and feel the only other position that i would say is maybe at defensive end right like maybe. i could see a team that's had some injuries being like let's let's flip a six-round pick for terrell basham he's got a good contract he's an nfl player we just need a body and the cowboys could be like you know what we already got lawrence we've got dorrance armstrong we got parsons Sam williams has looked good dante fowler's looked healthy like it, they've got chauncey golston that's that's a spot that i could see yeah Absolutely. Again, I think it's tough because we still need to see some of these younger guys develop before anyone's going to feel comfortable trading anybody like that. But yeah, I do think that those are the positions where you have a high number of quality bodies, maybe not a high number of quality starters. Uh, And maybe one of the reasons why the Cowboys could trade somebody like Terrell Basham is because of an undrafted free agent that has been a little bit surprising in camp. 
Uh, we'll talk about that guy in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Dave. Uh, listen, we're there's times in our lives where something happens and we need some help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That is more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There is no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief that they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, Download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That is D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right, Liam, let's uh, let's talk about some undrafted free agents because there's been a couple that have caught the eye of Mike McCarthy, caught the eye of us. Um, so I'm going to go with this question here. If the if I set the total at two and a half undrafted free agents making the 53-man roster, how would you go? That's the number, I think. I feel um, like Marquis Spell is a lock, right? The safety? Yeah, I feel like that's probably true. Dennis um, Houston? Yeah, and then we keep hearing that Hendershot is a, is a real Peyton has Hendershot. a real shot has a real Hendershot uh, to make the team. Um, that's three, that's three right there. So, and that's now, not including some of the other folks that you know may surprise us, like uh, you know Isaac Taylor. Uh, we we should mention Mike Tafua, who Mike Tafua, Mike, who Mike McCarthy actually talked about today. Uh, he was. Very impressed. He said he, he's kind of caught the eye of everybody on that side of the ball. We'll see. We'll John, see. Lynn. John Oning is jumping up and down with excitement right now. Um, Dante yeah, Drummond? I'm, wide receivers just, I mean, it's just, there's just too many of them that, yeah. that are doing well. So I don't know. I mean, he, he, he so far has looked good, uh, but I think it's also – a very tough it's a lot of competition right there for him and what he's what spot he's competing for jonathan garby or garby or however you say his name the kicker more like gone b no thank you uh, uh no i don't think so uh no but this is a good uh udfa class for the cowboys i think there's going to be yeah. at least two i think two is a lock to make the roster yeah i think as i would take as, the over i, would yeah, take I, the I over, think as probably. many as four could potentially make this roster especially if they do you know have a trade like Basham going away to open up a spot for Tafua, or if they keep, you know, Alex Lindstrom or James MB, one of the interior offensive linemen there, wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, one of the positions that we could they could potentially look at a, a trade for is what if they traded Connor McGovern because they like Matt Farniak or uh, you know, well, let's say they like Farniak a lot, right? They trade McGovern because I think he's. Is he in the last year of his yep, deal? Last year of his yeah. deal. Yeah. So trade, you know, he could trade McGovern, maybe get something decent for him, give Farniak an opportunity to be that swing interior guy, uh, and then in that case, you elevate someone like MP or Lidstrom to possibly mm-hmm. make the team as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think two and a half. I'm banging the over. I would yeah, say. Yeah, I, I would as well. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Now check out the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. 
uh, and make that your second listen. Uh, find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL experience and unique angles to give you the moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Uh, you can follow our show, the Locked On Cowboys podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Check us out over on YouTube. Uh, we put up shows every single day over there. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you guys next time.